From KZYX, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, this is the local coronavirus update for Wednesday, February 10th, 2021. With Ukiah ER physician Dr. Drew Colfax and KZYX Program Director Alicia Bales. Since the start of the pandemic, Dr. Colfax has come on KZYX every Monday and Wednesday afternoons at 3 o'clock with the latest coronavirus information and answers to listeners' questions. Good afternoon, KZYX listeners. This is Alicia Bales in the studio with Dr. Drew Colfax sneaking in while the Senate is eating dinner to to bring you the local coronavirus update for Wednesday. Welcome, Drew. Thank you. Nice I called you. I called Diane and she talked to Chuck so they could go on hiatus <laughs> just to allow us to do our show during this time slot. I'm sure they didn't mind taking a break. Whew, Diane says, was... impeachment? What's that? <laughs> It's been intense. Have you been listening to it? I listened for a while. Yeah. It's harder than than I thought it was going to be just in terms of reliving all of it. But wow, they're really putting together the the narrative very in a very complete way that I really didn't know all that stuff happened. So, you know, it's good. Yeah, it's good. But let's talk about our other cheery topic, which is the coronavirus. <laughs> oh, right, that. Yeah. Um, we actually let me just give a little reannouncement of what we uh, just announced a couple of minutes ago, which is that there is a, a a vaccine clinic happening now in Ukiah from three to six o'clock uh, at the. Adventist Health Ukiah Valley, um, and I do have the address. It's on Hospital Drive in the Glen. Glenn Miller Conference Room? Yeah, I, I, Glenn Miller Conference no, I'm Room. I'm not sure it's Glenn Miller. I don't think it's, it's, I was going to say that, too. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I don't have it right in front yeah. of me, but I do know enough about it to tell you, and I will get it right in front that of me. Is, that conference room is um, part of the main hospital complex. So right, So, but the thing is signage. is that you're not supposed to go there until without signing up. So the thing is, is to find the sign-up sheet for today, and it's for 75 and older. It is a first-dose mass clinic for 75 and older nobody else <laughs> and you have to sign up first and so for people who are 75 and older who don't aren't super computer literate if you can get a friend to sign you up uh, you can find the link to the sign up sheet at Ukiah uh, Adventist Health Facebook page uh, and so that's what we know there are still some openings left after 4:30. there's I think I, I totaled up in my head about 25 slots left so it's going to fill up fast but that is for people 75 and older at Adventist Health Ukiah you can find the sign up at their Facebook page and I'm going to just play an announcement of that same information in Spanish I really am it's right here right now I'm doing it it's happening Hay una clínica de vacunación hoy, el miércoles 10 de febrero, de 3 a 6 de la tarde, en Glenn Miller Conference Room. Esto es en el Hospital Adventist Health Ukiah Valley, ubicado en la calle Hospital Drive, número 275, en la ciudad de Ukiah. La clínica de vacunación es la primera dosis para las personas que tienen 75 años o más. Tiene que registrarse y debe traer a la vacunación algún tipo de identificación, ya sea su licencia de conducir, su matrícula consular o su pasaporte. Para que la vacunación sea segura y eficiente para todas las personas involucradas, se solicita que las personas se registren en un horario particular 
Para registrarse, tiene que visitar la página en Facebook de Adventist Health Ukiah Valley. Todavía quedan algunos cupos. Si tiene preguntas o tiene problemas para registrarse, porque tiene que registrarse antes de poder ir al lugar de la vacunación, por favor comuníquese con C.C. Winiger y tiene que enviarle un correo electrónico. Esta es la dirección del correo electrónico. W-I-N-I-G-E-C-M arroba ah.org Si necesita información sobre la clínica, visite la página de Facebook de Adventist Health Ukiah Valley y si no puede eh, registrarse, por favor comuníquese a este correo electrónico w-i-n-i-g-e-c-m arroba ah punto All right, and thanks so much to Loreto Rojas from Mendo Latino for getting us that translation or that interpretation of the English language announcement. That's, again, about a mass vaccination clinic today from 3 to 6 o'clock, the Glenn Miller Conference Room at Adventist Health Ukiah Valley. Uh, and you need to sign up at their facebook page where they have a link to a sign up genius form this is for people 75 years and older first dose first dose right all the other clinics or vaccination events happening in the county as far as i know are for second doses this that, week that's correct yeah all right so and just to be clear there are second dose events today tomorrow and friday at the ukiah fairgrounds uh through public health so that those are sign up you need to go on their website and sign up for that um and then i know at least um one of the local clinics is doing their second dose um tomorrow and saturday that's over here in anderson valley and you should have been contacted um by them to get a time slot to come in and get your second dose um, and as for the other FQHCs around the county, I don't have any definitive data, but I believe one or two of them are also doing second-dose clinics this week. But still, no other news um, from public health or otherwise on additional first-dose clinics. We just don't have that supply um, information yet to schedule anything. Right, so Mendocino Coast Clinics is doing second-dose events this week. Um, Wednesday at noon. I guess that has already happened. But people who are eligible for that were contacted. RCMS is doing second dose clinics by invitation only Thursday and Sunday. Uh, although Thursday they say is all first dose, so that hmm. that's a news flash. But that was I talked to the director of the clinic and he told me that they are doing first dose clinics on a first dose event on Thursday, but that they will be inviting people from their patient lists. And then um, there are two second dose clinics coming up in Willits on Saturday and Sunday through Adventist with a total of 550 doses there. But these are only for people who've had their first doses and they were scheduled through the hospital when they had their first doses. And this date should be on their vaccination cards. I've had several people ask me whether the first and second doses are different in any way, and the answer is no, they are not. It's exactly the same uh, medication, the same dosage, um, the same volume. The only thing that's different is you may anticipate a bit more of a robust um, effect from your second dose. All right, shall we get to the numbers before Let's we get into it. anything else? I just got a note that uh, there's some dis there's some information 
out there that says that the clinic in Ukiah today or the vaccination event is for 65 and older. That is not what it says on the Adventist Health Ukiah Valley Facebook page. But if I can get any information more about that, I will let you know. Yeah, boy, I haven't heard that we've moved to 65 yet. Nope. All right. Let's go. Clear as mud. Yeah. All right. Cases continue to add about 20 a day. We haven't really gotten any better or worse here in Mendocino County. Um, our positivity is still nearly 7.5, 7.46 to be precise. Uh, we are now at a total of 3,631 confirmed COVID cases in this county. Hospital utilization still remains stable. Um, total of 12 with two in the ICU. No new deaths. Um, testing um, is not being published by the county, but you can troll through the state's website and find it. And we're averaging around 150 tests a day, so adequate, certainly not a huge number, but adequate for um, some decent surveillance. Testing statewide is down about 30% over the course of the last two weeks, um, which translates to about 100,000 fewer tests uh, in California per day, which is not particularly good. Um, And then the other sort of news or the other concern that a lot of public health people I think are tracking closely are these variants Um, and the new study just came out today or is updated today came out two days ago right after our show um, showing that the the British variant the B117 um, variant is still predicted to be the dominant strain in the United States by the end of March And then the South African strain, um, now we're talking about very limited data because there is almost no surveillance. We're talking maybe a thousand genomic sequencing tests done a a day in this country, which is obviously just a drop in the bucket. But they have now confirmed that the South African variant is in fact in Northern California. Um, and that's that's pretty significant. It's both more contagious, um, but also we think uh, more deadly. Um, and then finally, it may be a bit more resistant or less effectively treated by the vaccines. We don't know that yet, but everything points toward the fact that this is something that we really don't wanna see take root. Um, I think it's probably too late for containment of the British variant. That's, that seems to be on a trajectory where that's simply gonna be our new coronavirus strain, which is bad in that it is 30 to 40 to 50% more contagious um, than the current one that we've been doing all this stuff for. Um, so I, I am afraid, um, particularly if we're only rolling out a million and a half doses a day in this country, um, I'm afraid that that rate of vaccination is go- is not going to keep up uh, with the increased rate of transmission. So we're going to see yet another surge of cases, probably April. I would I would predict. So in terms of how we can respond, when we say more contagious, what's that going to mean to how we should adjust our behavior? Do you think? I mean, I was I think I was outside with a friend and. Were you sneezing on each other? No, but you know, previously you wouldn't be that concerned if you were ten feet away outside. Um, but now it seems like I mean, no, how contagious it's, is it's this? Still, thing? It's still, it's still, it's still going to be an indoor transmission. Um, you know, in the vast majority of cases, um, it's just going to require most likely lower duration of exposure. So right now it's kind of a 15 minute rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. It's not absolute, but in general, you're not going to get it if you're only indoors for 15 minutes. That might drop to 
eight minutes, might drop to five minutes. We don't know. Um, it might also be um, less of a proximity requirement, which is to say you could be clear across the room from somebody with this new strain and enough of those aerosols make it across the room to you that you could get it um, in a way that you might not have gotten the previous strain. Um, we don't really know yet. The data mm -hmm. is still evolving. The CDC today suggested double masking. Um, so, you know, we well, can't. That's why Rich was ha had well, we two can't, masks we can't, on his face. We can't get everybody to wear a single mask, but now they're <laughs> saying two masks. So go for that. And I'm sure there'll be a study coming out, you know, in the next few months saying you should quadruple mask or quintuple mask. I don't know. Um, I, you know, I, I still think if you if you, if you want to wear more masks, go for it. But frankly, it's mostly just a question of wearing a mask, um, which proves to be an elusive goal. All right. Well, while we're here, should we open up the phone lines, or do you have any more? Any not, more news? A, not a lot of not a lot of additional news um, right now. Um, not a lot of uh, clinical trials coming down in the last few days, um, and locally things are fairly stable. Mm -hmm. Nationally, the numbers are getting better. In fact, the the death rate is finally falling as well, which is a lagging indicator, but it has finally started to um, turn in a better direction, um, you know, following the massive surge around the holidays. Yeah, and do you think that's because of the surge kind of passing over us, the waters receding, or is that because of the vaccine? No, I think it's because the, the waters are receding, so okay. to speak. Yeah. So we'll, what remains to be seen what the Super Bowl is going to do to us. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had one other question. And that has to do with testing. Uh, a lot of people are asking, once you're vaccinated, now can we start hanging out with our families? Can we stop wearing masks so much and, and all of that? But it seems like we're not going to have any of these things rolled back until the testing, until the numbers start to fall. Right. That's what is going to be the trigger for opening up and loosening things. And yeah, we're, we're going to need we're going to need to continue doing everything we're doing um, until we aren't dealing with a 7 percent positivity in this county or the state, for that matter. Um, and so not until we get this pandemic under tighter control. And when we're talking about 90 you know, thousand new cases a day in the country, it's that's still quite a ways off. I mean, we're not talking the 200,000 that we had a month ago, which is good, but it's certainly a long way between here and having some sort of control where you're going to be able to relax all the precautions that we have in place to prevent transmission. And, and testing, the role that testing is going to play, it has been just to find uh, cases, right, so that we can isolate people and, and stop the spread. But now it's also really important to keep getting tested so we can measure the infection rates right. well it always has been important but you know it, it, to get us it, it out always of this. has been important and you can't really talk about positivity without knowing how much you're testing which is why i've been throwing a fit that the county's not publishing their damn testing uh, rate so you know it's insane that they don't they tell us how many people live in boonville which i can google but that's on their covid website i don't know who's making these decisions but any rate, yes, there's still N1s around that data, but it's not readily available from this county. All right, and I have confirmed with CC Winninger that it, today's clinic, today's vaccine event is for 75 and older. So if you've seen any misinformation out there about 65 yeah, and older, it, that is 65 not 65 is, is not here yet. That that That's a slow train coming. Hopefully we get there within the next week or two, but yeah. we still have plenty of... 75 uh, people end up that need the vaccine first. Got to get to them first. All right. We will open up the phone lines now. It's 895-2448. That's 707-895-2448. Good afternoon, caller. You're live on the air. 
Hi. Um, thank you so much for your show and, and the continuing work that you've all done. Um, we figure in our household if somebody gets COVID that everybody's going to get it 100%. Um, it might be less than that. I'm, so my question today is, if one of us is fully vaccinated, would that lower that 100% assumption? Thank you so much. Yeah, so that, that's a good question, and it's it's interesting. I, too, would have would have presumed that an entire household sort of rises or falls together um, when it comes to COVID, because it's, it's quite difficult unless you live in a very upscale vineyard owner type of household uh, where you have multiple bathrooms and kitchens and can separate. Uh, it's very hard to conceive of how you'd live with somebody else in a single household and not spread it. That being said, I have seen more than a few cases now where other people in a single household have tested repeatedly negative with a confirmed sick, symptomatic person in the same household. So I don't, I'm not really sure how that works. Um, it's a strange virus, to be sure. Um, whether these are false negative tests and that people actually did get it and just didn't shed and never triggered the test, I don't know. As for your specific question um, about the risk if you are vaccinated, yes, that's going to make it much less likely that the vaccinated person will get COVID. It's still possible that that person will get COVID. It's extremely less likely that that person will get sick from COVID. What we really don't have the handle on yet, however, is if that is the first person to bring the COVID into that household, whether that vaccinated person um, is going to be shedding virus that may infect others. I think the answer is going to ultimately prove to be yes, but only a little. Um, but we just don't have that data yet. All right. Thanks for the call, caller. Let's take our next call. Hello, caller. You're live on the air. Hi. Um, I had a question. We, unfortunately, all contracted COVID in our household. And my biggest concern is, you know, I mean, we're, we're on the upside of it and we're okay. But we are wondering whether or not we should actually go get the vaccine now, <laughs> you know, because it just is kind of seems like a self-defeating purpose. You know, I, I know there's different strains, but... Yeah, so you, the, ans the, an the answer is yes, you should still go get the vaccine after, a, you know, a, an interval of waiting. Um, I believe the current recommendation is three months after recovery from COVID, you're eligible for the vaccine again. And the oh. reason being is the induced immunity from each of these two vaccines, both the Moderna and the Pfizer, um, is better. It's more robust in terms of production triggering production of what we call neutralizing antibodies than the natural immunity that you have right now from covid so it's going to give you an additional level of protection against reinfection um, which is helpful whether on a personal level you decide to go get vaccinated i leave that up to you your risk of getting reinfected and getting sick from a recurrent covid illness is quite low um how low we don't really know but we're not seeing a lot of reinfected people getting acutely ill and hospitalized at least mm -hmm. not until this new strain arrives from south africa and becomes more prevalent so Great. Yeah, I mean, if I were in your position, I would go get the vaccine when it became uh, available to to me in in whatever age or occupational cohort I land in. Perfect. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks for the call. And the lines are open. It's 707-895-2448. That's 895-2448. This is the local coronavirus update here on KZYX. Squeezing it in between the Senate impeachment trial while the Senate's on their dinner break. And I'm Alicia Bales in the studio with Dr. Drew Colfax. And we have another call. Are you ready? 
Hello, caller. You're live on the air. Hi. Um, caller, your connection is really bad. Can you try calling us back? Uh, sorry about that, but it's a lot of distortion. Quite unintelligible. Okay, we'll try next call. Hello, caller. You're live on the air. Yes, I didn't get to get in on Friday, but I wanted to say that I've been listening to you from the very beginning, sadly enough. but <laughs> That is sad, but uh, go on. yeah. Uh, but the one positive thing about it is that me and my family have stayed extremely informed. Well, good. Then, and at least I have a foot to stand on, and I owe that to you two to, and everybody else that's been a part of your show all the way through. And I hope... I don't hear it for much longer, but I will continue to listen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for the kind words, and you share at least many of my sentiments. Yes, indeed. Thank you for that. Okay, let's take another call. Caller, hello, you're live on the air. Thank you. I have been listening to your show also uh, faithfully when I can. Anyway, I'm in Fort Bragg. Um, I'm 78. My husband's 80. And everybody keeps saying our physician's office will call us. And we're with um, Adventist Hospital. But so far I haven't gotten a call, and all my friends seem to have already received the vaccine one way or the other. So I'm just wondering. I'm on the list, but they haven't called. Yeah, I, I would just call and confirm um, that you are, you know, on their list and that they have your age and your callback information all correct because I, 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 they certainly have not yet gotten to everybody in your age group yet. That is still ongoing, which is why we're seeing this small um, sort of last-minute announcement about vaccinations today in people in your age group um, over in Ukiah. It doesn't do you much good in Fort Bragg. But they should be contacting you when they have some doses that are available for first doses in the Fort Bragg area. Um, that's that's the way they are proceeding. That's the way the, that the local um, FQHCs are all proceeding as well. So I would just I would circle back. I hate to ask you know people to call their clinics to confirm, but you should if you haven't heard anything by the end of this week. I would just make sure that they uh, they have their eyes on you. Make some noise. Okay. Yeah, I actually call the clinic, and what happens is if you're calling about the COVID uh, vaccine, they switch you over to Adventist Hospital, and it's a recording. Mm. And so I keep putting my name and our ages on, but um, I maybe should pursue and just try to not go to the COVID thing and just talk to a person. Perhaps. And the, the other thing you should do, if you haven't done already, is sign in on the vaccinatemendo.com, the Ted and Mo show, as you will, um, because they are keeping a database of people who are eligible, and that those names and phone numbers are being pushed um, both to Adventist and to the health centers uh, on their request. So um, I would make sure that you are on that database as well. Okay, I have done that, and thank you for your help, and thanks for being there. Sure. Hang in there. Goodbye. It's coming, and I, I frankly suspect in in her case that we just we haven't gotten every gotten to everybody yeah. at seventy five and up yet. It's such a weird feeling though to f- to have tons of friends around you getting vaccinated and to be patiently following the instructions and wondering if you're ever going to actually get this thing. So I feel you, caller, and I did talk with Lucretia Renteria of MCC on Monday, 
and she said exactly the same thing. Sign up at vaccinatemendo.com. That's where they're getting yeah. their uh, their names, and they will prioritize people in your age group. Well, they're, they're getting their names from that and also from their own patient roster. Exactly right. All right, let's take another call. Hello, caller. You're live on the air. Hello? Yep. Can you turn your radio down, please? It's off now. Oh, great. Okay. You're live on the air. Oh. Well, uh, I also have not gotten my shot yet, and I'm over 78, and I'm waiting for it. But here's my question. I don't know if you can answer this, but this is the time of year my grandson always visited me. And I'm a little concerned about bringing him in for his safety and for my own. Uh, what are people doing about this? Well, I has anyone else? Yeah, I I would have very strong recommendations that your grandson not visit you um, at least uh-huh. um, until two weeks after your after you have received your second shot. Um, so you are you know even if you were to get vaccinated next week, you are looking at. My very strong recommendation that you not visit uh, for at least you know seven weeks from from now, um, and it may be even a little longer. I don't know when we're going to finally get to everybody seventy five and up. Um, and which thank is- you so much for the and for that information. I didn't even think you'd have an opinion. I really really appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you for the guidance. Okay, I hang in there. It's frustrating, time. I know, and there there may be. You know, there may be some amongst us who, for various exigencies, feel like the risk of a visit um, is outweighing or outweighs um, is outweighed by the need for the visit. Um, you know, that that's a family decision that needs to be made. But we are so close to getting everybody vaccinated from the age of 75 and up that really just deferring things for another six to eight to 10 weeks um, till we get the vaccine to ever, into all of these high risk individuals, you know probably makes the most sense um really in almost every case all right let's take one more call hey caller you're live on the air oh hi um i have a question i was wondering um about uh caregivers that are working privately for and they are not on they don't come under any agency what are the chances uh, for them to get vaccinated or how can they um, arrange to get vaccinated? They're taking care of a person that is uh, almost 90 years old, and she has health issues. And But I don't know uh, under which category they would come. Yeah, that, that's a good question. And my understanding is if you are a home health aide only taking care of, and I say only in quotes, um, a single individual, that's not going to qualify you to be moved up in the vaccine um, tiered system. You need to, you need to be able to um, show either that you are providing care to multiple people um, or you're through an agency and they're going to help sort that out for you. I don't know if that's definitively true, but I've heard that from several sources. What I would recommend doing um, is... You know, again, I don't mean to be repetitive, but I would I would sign up with your local health center um, and go to the vaccinate Mendo, and there's a little entry in there for your occupation, and you can simply put in home health aid. Um, and you know, when they get to the point where they're vaccinating home health aides, they will, you know, search the data bank under that category, and your name should come up at that point. So what do you mean by the uh, local health center? So I, I don't know where you live, but uh, you know, throughout. I'm sorry. 
Willits. Willits. So the Betchell Creek Clinic up there is the um, sort of the federally qualified health center uh, for the Willits area, and they are helping to coordinate rolling out the vaccine. As is Adventist, um, but their Adventist is not keeping the certain sort of data banks. So I would I would contact um, Betchell Creek or you know the the county coronavirus call center um to make sure you are on their list as a home health aide um with you know with the with the uh, patient population you know perhaps being a sticking point for them Okay. Well, that's, that's a good idea. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Hang in there. You know, and, right. and the, the real risk, um, you know, the risk is certainly for the home health aid, but if you're only taking care of one person, the greater risk um, is for that one person you're taking care of. Um, and, you know, just by the virtue of our deteriorating over time, most of the people who need home health aids are going to be in the older age categories. Um, not not all of them, to be certain. Um so, you know, the need to get the vaccine to the elderly um, is paramount still, even yeah, if you're a home and, health aide. And she has, she's going to be uh, getting her second uh, this uh, weekend. But um, but there are three other caregivers that come from different places. Right. And so, you know, that that is a concern. But the risk of your... Um, getting it from um, from your patient is quite low if she's fully vaccinated. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm more fearing the other the other people than than her. Right. Who would be vaccinated. Right. So. I understand. All right. So that's going to do it for us. Thanks so much. We are going to be transitioning back into special coverage right now because the Senate, I guess, finished their dinner and they're ready to go. So good. Thanks. That was perfect timing. Thanks for coming in. And we will see you not Monday, but we will see you next Wednesday. Correct. For more local coronavirus news. All right. This is Alicia Bales in the studio with Dr. Drew Colfax. Thanks for listening. And now let's head back to Washington, D.C. You've been listening to the local coronavirus update from KZYXNZ Mendocino County Public Broadcasting in Philo, California. This podcast is made possible by funding from the Mask Awareness Project of North Coast Opportunities. To hear this program live, tune in on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time to KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Williton Ukiah at 91.5 FM, and in Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Or you can hear us anywhere at kzyx.org, where you can also find out how to donate or become a KZYX member. Thanks for listening.